Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello, hello. Another day and another slate. Thanks for joining us today. Let's go there. Is back. And, uh, honey, I am Ryan Mitchell. And, of course, Charge I Sell is back with us filling in for Shira Lazar. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Oh, uh, I just had to get myself situated. It was a race against the clock here. Oh, yeah. You were just taking your time. Taking I'm, your time. I'm tr- trying to catch my breath. Excuse me. I got you a <laughs> cup of water and made my tea and water. And it's so appreciated. Uh-huh. But guess what? I have good news. What's the good news? So Channel Q won two Strut Awards last night for a favorite business and digital media platform. Now, the Strut Awards honor the uh, Palm Spring business uh, and entertainment community. So thanks. Shout out to Palm Springs. Thank y'all for voting for us. We really, really appreciate y'all listening and being a part of our family because, honey, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here and we really, really appreciate it so, so much. So shout out to Palm Springs. Oh, yes. One day I will return. <laughs> One day. One day I One will return. One day. I'm trying to get Char out to Palm Springs just so we can have, like, some getaway well, me, time, family time. But, you know, things let, have been ruined. I was about to say, let me clarify. It is no beef with the city of Palm Springs. It's great. I just have some some memories attached that I'm just not ready to confront with Palm Springs. Oh, I get it. Now, coming up, though. We do have a great show. We have L.A. mayoral candidate Craig Grewe. He is joining us to talk about the homeless crisis here in the city and Uber's latest attack on trans and non-binary folks. All of that coming up on today's show. But right now, let's get in the top of the hour headlines. I got a couple for you right before we get into the T-Report. Mm-hmm. So the Biden administration, this is breaking news, by the way. The Biden administration won't extend student loan relief and uh, confirm that student loan payments restart February 1st, 2022. Here is what you need to know. That's cruel. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki confirmed to reporters during a press briefing that the Biden administration will not be extending student loan relief and and that it's going to end uh, the pause. The payment pause is going to end January 31st, 2022, and he will not be extending student loan relief ever again, by the way. Just putting that out there. Oh. There's an ever again attached to that? ever again. Okay. Um, Quote saying the Department of Education is already communicating with borrowers to help them to help prepare for return to repayment on February 1st. 41 million borrowers have benefited from the extended student loan payment pause, but it expires February 1st. So right now we're just making a range of preparation. That comes from Jen Psaki. So, yeah. That, That is very unfortunate. It's like, how can we carve a formidable lives for ourselves and we got business? 
bills on top of bills on top of bills, and then you want to add student loans? Yeah, there, and you're, there's no stimmies. There's n- nothing else. No. I'm like, no one's really helping. And so just prepare yourselves for that. Uh, real quick, though, um, I do want to talk about the residents of Kentucky, of a Kentucky town, devastated, was devastated by a tornado. Um, and it could be without heat, water, and electricity and chilly temperatures for a long time. Oh um, the mayor warned Monday as officials struggled to restore services after a swarm of twisters leveled neighborhoods and killed dozens of people in five states. Authorities are still tallying the devastation from Friday night's storm, though they believe the death toll will be lower than initially feared since it appeared many more people escaped a candle factory in Mayfield, Kentucky, than first thought. Yeah, I heard it was 70 uh, casual but you and I were yeah. talking about this. You know, I'm from Chicago. Yeah. You're from Tennessee. When I was in, in college in Oklahoma, tornado season was relegated to the spring. I didn't know. But you said growing up. It could up, happen anywhere. It could happen Nashville, anywhere. Like air anytime. Um, but that is your headlines. We will always keep you updated. And I have more coming up next hour on the hour. But T-Report, super quick before we get out of here. So Kim Kardashian, you can now add Esquire to that last name, I'm guessing. Because Kim Kardashian revealed early this morning in a set of sickening Instagram photos that she passed the the bar exam, the baby bar, California baby bar, and moved one step closer to being able to practice as an attorney in the state of California. Now, I don't know if you remember this, Ryan, but Kim once tested when she had the COVID. Remember she and Saint, like Saint was all over her. It was Kim and all the kids. They had COVID at one point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. We, we saw this documented on the last season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and this was her fourth attempt. I'm just proud of her. I'm, I know. I'm happy that she passed it. And this, I feel like this will show shift her legacy like yeah, wow yeah. she is going to be the true millennial story she was introduced to us through a sex tape with ray j <laughs> and now she's about to go on to be kim kardashian oh esquire I, you know, I'm so, mother of four so funny because i thought you were going to do the story about how uh last night northwest went live and i did t- well you know i haven't seen the video but i heard kim was pissed kim was that, in the bed and she was like you know you are not allowed to be doing that because north went live and gave a tour of the house yes! right <laughs> i i just I can't wait to see oh before God. we before we get out of here. Yeah, I cannot, we gotta go. I cannot wait to see what Nori's black book on Instagram has to say oh about this. Oh my God! Hilarious! If you're not following that, please do. At LGT Show, of course, on social as well, and we are Channel Q. Up next, though, we have a lot more shows, so let's get this party started. In response to Texas's abortion ban, California Governor Gavin Newsom vowed a similar law banning assault weapons and ghost guns, and saying it is on the way. Find out more. We're talking about it. Girl, the floodgates are open. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, Governor Gavin Newsom is giving conservatives a taste of their own medicine with this new gun bill promise. So guess what? He tweeted this literally a couple of days ago over the weekend saying, SCOTUS is letting private citizens in Texas sue to stop abortion. If that's the precedent, then we'll let Californians sue those who put ghost guns and assault weapons on our streets. If Texas can ban abortion and endanger lives, CA, California, can ban deadly weapons of war and save lives. Now, honey... Well, what's the problem? You know what? That's what I'm asking because I I think this is something that, one, we already knew that this was going to probably happen in the, in the sense of... And I think even some of the... Uh, 
the people on in the Supreme Court were kind of saying, hey, this is a slippery slope here. If you are wanting to do this, imagine what else could happen, right? Mm-hmm. What else could, you know, what else could be tried and when it comes to constitutional rights here? Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing it in the best way possible where uh, finally some Democrat, which honestly I think Gavin Newsom is just doing this to get more national news and then, of course, announce his presidency his, his run. His for presidency, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I think it's really interesting what this really looks like um and do you think it's a good thing do you do you have a problem with us you know a, this a democrat kind of doing this oh, well if you're going to do this well, then we're going to do this um i do think it's a good thing because and I, I only say this because it seems like the democrats are not nearly as incentivized or galvanized as the republican party mm-hmm. um and so i think it's at this point, since bipartisanship is clearly not on the table, we fight fire with fire. Now, yeah. where where the tipping point is, I don't know. Yeah. But we can't continue to sit back in the name of quote-unquote civility or whatever you want to brand it and just keep getting railroaded by the right because they're going to yeah. end up taking us all out. So I think that this is safe. This is smart. And it shows just how pro-life are you because these assault rifles and these ghost guns are out here. So how pro-life are you? Yeah, and my thing is Republicans have no problem ever st- like staking their claim. If they want something, they're going to yeah. do whatever in their bag, regardless Come of. Hell or high water. Yeah, they're going to do whatever it is that they want. And if you don't know much about this Texas law, I'm going to kind of catch you up a little bit here. The Texas law allows virtually anyone to file a civil suit up to $10,000 against abortion providers who perform the procedure after six weeks of pregnancy, a restriction that defies constitutional protections outlined in the landmark Roe versus Wade decision of 1973. And for me, I have always wanted the Democrats to be a little bit tougher and harder. I know they like to take the high road. And yeah. I think Michelle Obama's, you know, when they go well, high, you go or when they go low, you go high. Yeah. For me, that's that's not a game plan. I think that's honestly one of the stu- most stupid things. And I think I think poli- that, politics has changed so much that where well, you can't do that anymore. And I think that she was just I think that that statement was kind of misinterpreted as strictly political, even though she did say it in reference to something. political but it's also i think that that is sometimes the smart thing smart way to live your life but politics is a dirty game so that's not applicable here mrs obama but uh (laughs) yeah i totally agree with you it's we're in a scary place where if a republican takes the white house at the end of the biden harris term we are doomed so what is i guess if this has starts to happen i can't only imagine if we were to talk about the, the the negative side of this what else is there? And that kind of scares me, right? That tipping Hello? point that you mentioned, me, right? Me as a trans person, what does that mean? Does that mean I can't visit the state of Utah? Because if they they, they might put a, a bounty hunter on, on trans people. Yeah. You know, some of these conservative states. If you see a trans woman go in the women's bathroom or trans men in the men's bathroom, yeah. you have the right to apprehend them, sue them for $20,000, and they'll be jailed. Yeah. Like, this is a—and then— I mean, come on now. Sometimes history repeats itself. We're black in America. I mean, that's for me, I can't help but go there you because I know. think it's so important to acknowledge that in the sense of like, I I understand this kind of tit for tat situation and to prove a point, <laughs> but there's also so, so many lives and, and, and people are, if you're not even thinking about the reproductive rights of people who can have babies and who have that, like, yeah. are that ability um, when it it's comes giving- to their reproduction, it's like you're not caring about anything else. You're not 
care. Anybody's up for game. It's literally giving. It's a hunt. It's giving sophisticated Jim Crow. <laughs> You're drinking from my water fountain. Not only are you under arrest, but you owe the state X amount of dollars. Like it's giving Jim Crow the iOS update of Jim Crow. <laughs> Because we don't know where this could go. Not the iOS update of Jim Crow. Oh, my God. I'm just God. saying. I'm just saying. Oh, God. Well, let us know what your thoughts are because this is, like, just really, really interesting and also a little scary when you think about the bigger picture of it all. Yeah. But shout out to Governor Gavin Newsom for actually doing something and, I wonder, and, and showing what, you know, democratic politics looks like when you actually put a little fire under up the ass. And hopefully people will take take uh, follow suit. But I do wonder, Ryan, I can say yes. before we get up out of here, what do you think the Republicans are going to retaliate with? Because you know they're going to retaliate with something. Ooh, I, you know what? Let that be a guessing game because I don't feel like going through that stress. Coming <laughs> up next, though, um, Uber is in the hot seat as trans and non-binary drivers are saying they are being blocked from the platform. Mm-hmm. Find mm-hmm. out why and how the ALS, uh, ACLU is getting involved up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Now, after announcing and promising back in June that they had plans on making their platform a, quote, a safer, more inclusive company for transgender, non-binary, and other LGBTQ plus identifying customers and drivers, new reports have revealed that Uber has been blocking its trans and non-binary drivers. Well, joining us for this conversation is Amanda Goad. Um... She is the director of LGBTQ Gender and Reproductive Justice Project at the ACLU Foundation of Southern California. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's actually talk about this and let's start from the beginning. How and why did these drivers get kicked off of the app? Well, just like you said, Uber took upon itself to announce at the beginning of June this year that they had looked into the experiences that trans folks were having with Uber, and it was important to them to take steps to be a trans-friendly company. And there were parts of that that were about respect for trans customers, and there were also parts of that that were about respect for trans drivers. Historically, Uber has required folks who wanted to drive for them to submit some documents as part of a background check, and that included driver's license and car insurance information. So it sometimes happened that trans folks would submit those documents that still reflected an old legal name and then find that when they went to drive, their profile would come up under that old dead name Mm -hmm. rather than the one that they go by now. So that was a problem. You know, it's awkward and uncomfortable for anyone to get called by the wrong name. But for someone who's trans, that could really be a serious safety problem mm -hmm. to get outed in that way. Yeah. Yeah, And so one thing that I noticed about this, because Ryan and I were briefly talking about this before we like I literally made a point seconds before we went on air. Um, I'm I'm a, a woman who is trans and I transitioned in Illinois. And I remember during my first like the first couple doctor's visits, I got something called a letter of passage that I was able to submit to places if there was any sort of conflict. And I think what kind of upsets mm-hmm. me about this is a lot of the times trans people are gate kept. They are we are blocked from what may be deemed traditional forms of employment. So a lot of trans people are kind of depending on an Uber Eats or or a Lyft type situation. In what ways do you think that they can make this safer? Because in, in certain regard, I understand the safety measures if you are submitting one ID and then you're someone you've transitioned into someone else. I I can see the cracks in that veneer as to how it can then be weaponized and not in regards to trans people, but in regards to people meaning to inflict harm 
on others. I could see why why that's such a black and white issue for a company. So in what ways could they make this safer for trans people who are in the in right. the process of changing documentation? Well, it would go a long way if Uber would actually do what they announced to the world they were planning to do. Exactly. In June. Because exactly. what they said was that they were creating these dedicated channels of support so that both customers and drivers who were trans could sort of get a little extra personalized help navigating the situation. And just like you said, it is important that background checks, you know, address all the safety concerns there might be around someone being qualified to drive. And it's just a matter of getting a little more information and sorting out what's really going on in the event that the company perceives a disconnect between someone's paperwork and maybe their profile photo and who they really are. So unfortunately, it's become clear that Uber is not consistently doing what they said they would do mm -hmm. because a number of folks continue to report problems. And that's a mix of continuing to have an old name slapped on their profile against their will but in some cases, folks were just being outright told, your documents are fraudulent. You shall never drive for Uber. Yeah. Their customer which is service really is awful. trash. Yeah, their customer service is trash. <laughs> I guess, so moving forward with this, how long is something like this, like I know you all are working with these people who have kind of are going through this. How long does this process take, especially if they are out of a job and they have no forms of income coming in? Exactly. I think folks don't understand this issue a lot of the time. And I've, I've gotten pushback and trying to explain why this is such a problem. You know, some folks are of the view that you should just change your ID before trying to work under the name that you go by. But that doesn't reflect how life really works. Exactly. Here in California, to get a legal name change, you got to go to court. And unless you can meet their very narrow criteria for proving you can't pay for it, the court is going to charge you over $400 in fees to get that mm -hmm. legal name change. Yep. So most people need to work and save up for a while to even get there. And here in California, for employees, the law is actually really clear that employers need to respect the name and pronouns that someone goes by. And it doesn't matter whether they have gotten around to a formal change of their documentation yet. There's very limited exceptions for when there's a specific legal reason for using that legal name, such as maybe a, a tax form that the payroll folks need to submit to the IRS, or if you're in a profession where you're required to post your professional license at your workstation and it's in your old name. Yeah. You know, there's a, a few limited scenarios where it's okay for an employer to insist on formal documentation, but for normal day-to-day -day stuff, what it says on the schedule of who's working and, and what your name tag says, in California, workers have that right to have the name they go by respected. That's so true. So yeah. it, it's super problematic when employers don't understand that and don't respect folks. Well, Amanda Gold, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you for breaking this down, and we hope that you can join us again to give us all the updates once this gets figured out. Thank you. Look forward. All right, so we have more show coming up next. Don't y'all go anywhere. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A dash for cash for um, for teachers in South Dakota is striking up controversy after some felt that it was humiliating teachers and highlighting the fact that they are one of the lowest paid in the state. So here's what happened. So I guess a, um, a I don't know, some hockey team. I don't know. Nothing about no hockey. They urged <laughs> fans uh, not to miss Saturday's contest, which it promoted as its inaugural dash for cash. And now fans cheered them on. Um, ten teachers from local schools gathered around a large piece of carpet at Center Ice where $5,000 in $1 bills had just been dumped out. And so... Of course. This, this sounds very dangerous. Well, I mean, they're not on the ice. They're on the carpet. I think the carpet was big enough to, like, keep everyone. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Even still, rug burn. True. <laughs> <laughs> true. And, but, you know, and I guess they thought it was, like, kind of, like, honoring teachers with genuine donations rather, you know, than kind of, like, making anything else. Like, this is something a lot of the teachers that were involved, like, one actually said that she liked it that, you know, the community, she says, I think it's really cool when the community offers an opportunity like this to pay for things that usually comes out of a teacher's own pocket. Um, and she actually came away with $592, one of the highest totals, according to uh, the local newspaper there. But I think the whole event actually highlighted South Dakota's low teacher pay, which they only make $48,000 a year, and they're 50th in the United States when it comes to uh, the ranking of the average salary for teachers in the state. Wow. And so I think a lot of people were triggered by this in the sense of being like, so y'all are having them do this whole hoopla instead of just, what, giving that money to them 
and just helping them, like, you know, kind of divide yeah. it out when this stuff does come out of their pockets. It does seem very, uh, I know people have been saying Squid Game, Hunger yeah. Game, because that's what it seems like. It seems like, like, let me let me keep some of my dignity. What if yeah. I don't want to participate and play in your little version of whatever in order to get money for my, like, just... Just divide it and write yeah. me a, a private check or whatever so I can go get the stuff. Now, you know, Ryan, when I first moved to L.A., I worked in LAUSD in the school district. Oh, yes, you were. Well, you're a substitute teacher, right? Not, I was in the, in the detention room. <laughs> I didn't know you was in the detention room. I was in the detention room. And oh, I also, wow. I also, oh, I only did that sometimes, but I also was working specifically with one student. I was oh, a behavior okay. intervention therapist, but sometimes I filled in in the detention room. But I say that to say a lot of these teachers, I saw that back to school list. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they need Kleenex. They need mops, yeah. paper towels. They're, Especially just, now more than ever when we are in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, they're, they're back <laughs> like, to school list look nothing. This was back yeah, in 2014. They yeah. looked nothing like what you and I grew up with. Yeah. Nothing. Wow, wow. So it's like, it's almost like every teacher out there for themselves. And it's like teachers are guys guiding and shaping yeah. and molding the minds of the future, and they just need to be treated with a little bit more respect. Now, I know what some of y'all may be, if you're listening to this, thinking, right? Can't people just have fun? Why can't they just enjoy this and have this little fun moment? I think maybe like five, ten years ago, this would have been... Um, this would have been just like a tone fun, deaf yeah, to be cute. A, yeah, tone deaf <laughs> enough to be cute. But I think right now, especially when you're in the middle of a pandemic, and I think everyone has reevaluated their lives and so much, and and the things that they're lacking when it comes to these jobs, especially teachers who are putting their lives actually at risk, yeah. like actual other workers, it just feels like. This, there's no time for fun and games anymore, especially when they out here having it's to like, damn near beg for money. It's like our if our bosses put us in a room for dodgeball to compete for uh, raises and advances. Now, I would do that. I got a strong oh, I, arm. I, I, I would, too. <laughs> but it's just like... Just... I'm coming for that morning show. AJ Gibson, I'm coming for you. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's not right. That's not right. Come on now. Woo! Let us know your thoughts on LGT Show Everywhere, of course. The top of the hour news is coming up next. And oh my goodness, the um I guess the Vatican is that is that it Vatican the Vatican that's a that's a medicine Vicodin Vicodin there's Vicodin is that it is that the the that's what the, it, it numbs you you can get, oh, like you can get addicted to Vicodin I thought that was the thing that made you you know the thing raise up for men no that's Viagra oh. you got all your V's all over the place Viagra the Vatican and Vicodin well the Vatican what is in the Catholic Church the Vatican is apologizing for taking down some LGBTQ plus resources we got more information on that don't go anywhere let's go there with Shira and Ryan Channel Q. We're back for another Top of the Hour on the Hour. And you know, of course, we're getting to Top of the Hour news up next. But right first, Sharjah Jocelle is here. Hello. Filling in for sure. That was my cue, right? That was. Sorry, I was a little late. It was. I mean, no, it wasn't you. It was actually me because I had a brain fart. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> you did sound like you hesitated a little bit. I think that's what threw me off. I'm so used to you speaking so flow-like and fluid-like. Yeah, I most definitely... Um, Buckle up, Ryan. A, we got three more hours. I had a brain fart real quick. But it's okay. It's okay. Either way, we are so happy that you're filling in for Shira Lazar, who is out. She will be back. She's speedy recovering. Don't you all worry. I just want to make sure you are reassured. She's feeling great. I FaceTimed her earlier today. Um, and so we just try to make sure she gets a negative, you know, result. Yeah. 
That is important. That's it. But coming up this hour, you will want to listen uh, to this next conversation if you are in L.A. We have L.A. Mayor- mayoral candidate Craig Grewe and uh, what he plans on doing for the on- ongoing homeless crisis here in Los Angeles mm. and so much more. We're going to talk about a lot. Um, plus, um, are you obligated to tell your partner how much money you make? Woo, there is a, a woman who caused some uh, controversy and, and stirred up the internet with this <laughs> question here. But before we get into that, let's get into the top of the hour headlines. The Vatican, not the Viagra, are the... Or not the Vicodin. The Vicodin. <laughs> as Ryan said, the three Vs, the three Vs. <laughs> the Vatican. He, um, the a Vatican official apologized to a leading Catholic LGBTQ advocacy group for having yanked a reference to it on the uh, Vatican's website, drawing immediate praise Monday from the group as a historic move to repair the painful rift between the Catholic hierarchy and the gay community. So wait, the the gays were praising this or Yeah, so they were praising them for even acknowledging that they took it down and 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 making an apology. Okay, so are they, if they're apologizing, are they putting it back up since well, they took it down? Like I don't get what's coming from this. So this is the news that I have. The Vatican's general secretary uh, secretary for the Synod of Bishops, which is organizing a 2-year co- uh, consultant uh, consultation of a rank and file Catholics ahead of a 2023 meeting of bishops at the Vatican restored the reference to New Ways Ministry on the website over the weekend. Does I guess, I mean, I guess they put it back up there. I don't even Child. know. <sighs> I'm so sick of the Vatican. I, I'm really tired of the Vatican. They're, they are, the, they're interesting. I don't know if I'm able to say on air, but we'll talk. <laughs> no, I feel like I, I, we've all dragged the Catholic okay. Church for a while. <laughs> they kind of deserve it. Um, but anyway, that that's some... Whatever news, if however you feel it. Fox News correspondent Peter Ducey asked White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki if President Biden considered it a good governing that his network's Christmas tree was burned down in New York City. Here's, you know, he's being annoying. Here's what he had to say. We've seen an arsonist burn down a half a million dollar Christmas tree in New York City. Back out on the streets. Does the president think that that's good governing? Again, I think I've spoken to the president's concerns about retail theft. If you have specific and and the actions we've taken for specific cases, I would point you to the local police departments or the Department of Justice. Well, that's what she had to say, and she said what she said. In all honesty, that's not President Biden's fault that someone burned down the Christmas tree. Like, what does he have to do with that? But anyway, it's time for your tea report. Shara, what you got going on Well, over there? again, you know, I've been reporting on this ever since I've been down to the Channel Q Child. Spoiler alert. And just like that. It's not a spoiler alert anymore. If you haven't seen it, you yeah, haven't seen it. Well, I'm sure you've heard of it. Mr. Big is dead, okay? <laughs> um, but Peloton, I reported, you know, their their stocks kind of took a hit. And, you know, things aren't looking too good for them if, as far as the pop culture zeitgeist is looking. But they just responded. And just like that, Mr. Big is alive. Take a listen at the clip of the... To new beginnings. To new beginnings. You look great. Well, I feel great. Should we take another ride? Life's too short not to. (laughs) And just like that, the world was reminded that regular cycling stimulates and improves your heart, lungs, and circulation. Yeah, so that's a clip of the ad, like I was saying, before Ryan hit the button. (laughs) But nevertheless, the fitness... I got trigger happy! mm, mm. (laughs) The fitness company released that commercial featuring Chris Noth, who plays Mr. Big. And they did that quick. Oh, yes. They threw him probably a nice little coin. Yes. 
And they um, about that was honestly great marketing in, the, in their, in my opinion, for them because they really the took that situation. That was the best thing they could do because yeah. remember they approved for their product to be used by HBO, but they just didn't know in which way it would be. Yeah. So yeah, that is the T report. Take a look at that ad if you haven't. It's on Peloton's uh, socials. It's really good. And yeah. Mr. Big has always been sexy to me. Yeah. And it's not because he has a black wife in real life. <laughs> Before going to Peloton <laughs> Social, actually, the stories on WeAreChannelQ.com always stay there, you know, first. Don't go to Oh, well, reprimand me live on yep. air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we have more. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> all right, we have more show coming up. L.A. mayoral candidate Craig Greeley is joining us to talk all about his plan to address homelessness. And honestly, um, if he's planning on being L.A.'s mayor, I got some questions. Let's talk about it. Coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so should you be obligated to tell your partner how much money you make? I I, I think I think that's fair. Like obligated? No, no, not obligated. It should always be a choice. It should always be a choice. You should you you're not obligated to share how much you make, no. Because okay, this woman is sparking a debate after refusing to tell her boyfriend how much money she makes. Apparently she is afraid to tell her boyfriend that she makes more money than him. Uh, she posted her dilemma on Reddit's Am I the A hole forum? Oh, they um, have a Twitter page too. Really? Yeah, they have a whole t- that's how I know them. I don't know them through Reddit, but they have a Twitter page. Kind of like six brown chicks, you know the <laughs> yes, 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 yes. The iconic SBC chat. Well, she's been taking advantage. Uh, she's been taking advantage of, fi- of of financially before, but after dating her boyfriend for almost a year, she is reluctant to tell him how much money he makes or what she even does for a living. Um, my thing is. She said this. This is what she's asking. She says, my boyfriend and I have been dating for almost a year, and he doesn't know how much I make. I've been taking uh, uh, taken advantage of uh, financially by boyfriends in the past, so I keep what I make in signs of any wealth out of sight. I don't have a lot of obvious expensive things, but my bags and clothes are expensive niche brands, and I have a lot of toys. Um, he hasn't caught on to the fact that they are mine since I usually leave them at my parents' place since they use the RV more. Also, she has like an RV and a spider bike and other okay, things. Okay, see, this makes sense. Initially, Ooh. initially when you when you threw this story to me, I thought that this was going to go into some sort of traditional, like, here she goes, and not wanting to emasculate him. But because she's been taking advantage of yeah. before, I think that this is smart and this is safe. Yes, I think yes. In the, the context of this story, yes, but overall, to my initial question, of like, should you be obligated to tell your partner how much you make? I don't think, not off the jump, no, for sure. No. Not. I don't think they have any business in knowing that, and I don't think... Um, I'm more inclined to tell my friends that than a romantic uh, yeah. situation. Yeah, and honestly, when do you think is the right time to talk about finances with a, like a person in general, like that you're dating and you've been together ta- for a When minute. we're talking about getting serious and making a life with one another. Mm, like what, is it, that, what does that mean, making a life with one like another? Like, when we're talking, like, moving in. That is when we talk expenses. When we are moving Moving in when we're considering moving in with one another for sure because now we have to divide what bills are going to look like what trips are going to look like so if we're under the same roof and there's now a grocery bill and who going to go get the oil change on the car like that's when finances should be discussed and I still think Mm. you know I come from a long line of women I don't know about you or producer Vanessa but you got to keep a little something to yourself (laughs) yes you got to have a side account yeah you do yeah you got to be able to do but my thing is I I feel like I'm going 
as I've I don't continued like joint to grow, accounts, though. yeah, I don't like a joint account. I don't ever think I really want one. Mm-hmm. I would rather have a separate account, and then he have a separate account, and then we have like a account that we just like put stuff in if we want to. Like, yeah, that's our bills account, the right? Offering, yeah, like I, <laughs> not even that, but it's like it's just our our bills account. So that's the that's where all the money comes from, our bills and things. Like, yeah. if we decide we're living together and doing all these things. I will never, together not anyone that step. I date. Yeah, not oh, anyone no, that I date. Not anyone that I date. This, I'm talking about I got to have a ring. I know people are kind of Not feeling, a ring. People feel... Can Even it, a date, like, I mean, together for like a year or two? I don't know if I want you having access to my to the full picture of what my finances look like. Well, I mean... Yeah, I'm assuming, yeah I'm, I'm assuming if y'all are together for a year or two, the financial conversations are popping up. Yeah, because I want to know how much debt you have. <laughs> That's what is, is popping up in that context. I don't care what you make, how much credit card and student loan debt now, you have. Now, that is a good question. Because then that becomes my problem, or my problems become your problems, because I got debt, too. What millennial doesn't? Show me a millennial without debt. Yeah, well, one Redditor, as we wrap this <laughs> up, actually responded to her post and said, if you don't trust him enough to actually tell him what you do, then you don't trust him enough to be in a relationship. And it's no shade. But I, I it's, don't believe it's, that. I was about to say it's more nuanced Thank than that. you. I think someone's just writing to be writing. <laughs> um, but let us know your thoughts at LGT Show. Coming up, we actually have the L.A. mayoral candidate joining us. We had some little time situations. But we keep this radio show going live and popping. You won't ever miss a beat from us. You know Mondays and Fridays are typically the sloppiest. <laughs> Give us, grant us some grace. We'll never be sloppy. More mm-hmm. show coming up next. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. With L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti leaving his post, there is a new spot open for mayor of Los Angeles. We have L.A. mayoral candidate Craig Grivey. Yes, Craig Grivey joining us now. Hey, I have been mispronouncing your name this entire show. I just want you to know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having me. That's okay. No, My friends have been mispronouncing it for a decade. No, that's the that's the crazy thing. You know, I, I will most definitely get used to it if you win um, this race, but we really appreciate you for being here. Explain to us, why are you running for mayor of L.A.? Well, like every other Angelino, I looked at this city and thought, what the heck is going on? Uh, clearly we have all the resources in the world. I love this city as much as everyone else. We should be the greatest city in America and we aren't. And so I started digging in a couple of years ago and started digging into what was really happening. And now as I looked at the race, uh, even though I come from a background in private business, uh, I looked at the race and it was full of folks 
who created our problems. And as I'm all too fond of saying now, Angelinos know we cannot trust the people who created our problems to also be the people who solve them. And so I'm running as somebody who has an experienced track record of solving impossible situations to bring those same impossible solutions to L.A., and I didn't have any hand in uh, in getting us where we are, but I'm going to sure as heck uh, get a hand in getting us out of it. So uh, thanks for that. Can you explain the key pillars of your campaign and what are your results driven strategies to address the growing issues in L.A., such as crime, affordability, whew, homelessness and corruption? Well, you have named the key pillars of my campaign. The reality is at the center of all of this is the fact that we can fix this city. These are solvable problems. That is the key pillar of my campaign is we've got a whole lot of people talking about we need to do something. We can do something. They've been talking about it for decades. The key pillar of my campaign is that we are actually going to do it. And so concrete strategies. I'll take just one. Homelessness. Now, I don't underestimate the scale and size of this crisis, and mm-hmm. it is a humanitarian catastrophe of epic proportions. But we have lost sight of exactly what it is and what we need to do. The reality is, in a county of 12 million people, in a city of 4 million, we're talking about 60,000 people. We're talking about a football stadium's worth of people. You're telling me with $8 billion dollars, we can't solve a football stadium-sized problem in Los Angeles? That just doesn't make sense. And so we put, what I've done is put together concrete strategies that have been proven to work in the 14 cities in America that have eliminated homelessness. The first is a real-time database of who's homeless and what they need, because you can't solve a problem that you don't understand. The second is a 24-7 hotline to make sure that if you have a home today, you have a home tomorrow. It is 10 times cheaper to keep people in their homes than it is to get them off the street. And then the third is an immediate transition from focusing on permanent supportive housing to immediate housing opportunities, transitional housing opportunities, 20,000 semi-private shelter-based units, 10,000 transitional supportive housing units like the tiny homes that you've seen, 12,000 collaborative housing units, 5,000 residential mental health beds, 500 substance abuse beds, all without spending an additional dollar beyond what this city has already planned. Mm. Wow. Um, Thank you for breaking that down because I think it's very important to know actual tangible items of how you're going to do this, not just promises. And I think one thing that I think about, you know, outside of homelessness, because it is very important, especially in the city, but I also just want to know from your perspective, how do you, what do you plan on doing to make sure that your constituents of color are taken care of? Because I think a lot of conversation that we're seeing is inclusivity, diversity, Mm -hmm. everyone's hitting the buzzwords, but when it comes to actually when they're getting into office, it seems like a lot of the promises and a lot of those things that they are talking about during their campaign time it just feels like ends up being broken promises. So I would love to know your perspective on what you think the your constituents of color really are needing in, in the communities. And, and when, even when it comes to rebuilding and gentrification and how it's impacting, you know, a lot of the cities affordability. around us. And affordability and all that. So I would love to know your perspective on that. A hundred percent. I hear you. This city's leaders have a string of broken promises to communities of color. And the reality is when this city fails, communities of color are hit the hardest. This is the interesting thing is now everybody's up in arms about the crises we have 
because they've bled into wealthier communities. But it's been hitting our communities of color for years, right? And, and, and our leaders haven't done anything to address that. The reality is that when crime comes down, our communities of color benefit the most. When homelessness comes down, our communities of color benefit the most. And it, but in specifically addressing communities of color, here's, we'll take just one concrete example, affordability. Everybody likes to talk about, well, we're going to build more affordable apartments. We're going to do this. I'm going to say, let's get to the root of the problem. You know why it's unaffordable to live in this city? It's because you can't build anything. You can't build market rate. You can't build affordable housing. The city makes it impossible to build. And you know why they make it impossible to build? Because we are all still living off of a racist 1946 zoning code that has never been mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. The city has been saying they're going to rewrite it for a decade. If you or I started a project a decade ago and weren't done, we would be fired. So getting at what impacts our communities of color means getting at the truth means pulling up at the roots, at the things that are causing our problems, a racist zoning code, not band-aiding it by saying we're just going to build here or mandate this or tear down this community and, and put people, pit people against each other. So that's one concrete example. And I could go through any individual policy that we want in homelessness, affordability, crime, corruption. There are concrete policies where if we get to the root of the problem, we find that it is disproportionately impacting people of color and dealing with the root of it is what is going to help those people the most. Yeah, I I know that's personal beef of mine with all these apartment complexes, but there's no parking anywhere alongside with what you were saying. Now, um, we got about 30 seconds left. Can you speak, this is a personal question, can you speak to the rise in crime? You know, we're journalists, we're reporters here, and there seems to be an influx of, like, follow-home robbery, smash and grab. Can you can you speak to that and, and what you would do, I guess, to implement some change? How you could contribute to alleviating um, us of those issues here in L.A.? Yeah, there are two specific things, and I don't know if I have time for one, but I'll hit the first. I am the only candidate with a concrete plan, not just a pledge to develop a strategy, to end homelessness. And that's important because the police currently divert 34% of their resources to dealing with 60,000 people instead of the other 3.9 million, which means if you cut the police force by a third in any American city, what do you think happens to the crime rate? People want to know why crime is soaring, soaring out of control because a third of our police are no longer engaging and serving their communities. And we need reforms. We need accountability and bias reforms. We need to we, social justice reforms. But we have also got to have police out in our communities building relationships instead of being stretched in, dealing with a homeless crisis and getting them back out in our communities. 3,000 officers who've been removed from the streets to focus on homelessness is the number one thing we can do to bring down crime. Look at you, 30 seconds. You're perfect. You're amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is great. Literally, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you. We love giving um, people a platform to really talk to voters directly, right? And I think that's what our listeners are. And we have real conversations here on Let's Go There, so we hope to have you back. Yes, I would love to come back and come follow me at craigformayor.com anytime. I would love to have uh, love to have your support and love to be back anytime. Yes, yes, yes. All right, y'all, we got more show coming up. Don't you go anywhere. Thank you so much again for being with us, Craig. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so let's talk about this girl who went viral for dumpster diving from the Whole Foods. So I don't really understand this. 
But she was just talking about how, you know, she finds cases of food thrown out before their best buy date while uh, dumpster diving behind uh, a, a Whole Foods. Now, there's a lot of different things we could talk about here. It's like, why she have to dumpster dive? Is, she, is, 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 is like, is, no one is says it a she capital? Had to. Well, my thing is, if that's the only way she can get food, if that's a resource for her, then, I mean, that's an interesting thing. But I will say her apartment didn't look like someone who would necessarily. That's what I'm saying. It's probably by choice. Yeah, and so here is a little clip of what she's talking about here, and then we'll describe. I mean, she has tons of food that she is finding in the in the dumpster behind the, oh my goodness, here. Dumpster diving at Whole Foods is nothing like I've ever seen before. Every time I come to this particular store, I find cases of organic food that is thrown out well before it's best by date. Last night, I found enough meat to feed an entire community. I found everything from organic chicken and beef to beyond meat. It was 33 degrees Fahrenheit outside, so everything here was still super cold and had been recently tossed. Everything had been thrown out on or before its Best Buy date, and as we know, Best Buy dates are not hard rules, and everything was still good to consume. What is she doing in the summer months when she's dumpster diving? Because <laughs> she wearing, she got the freeze, uh, the temperature right. I just, I, for me, dumpster diving, hmm. There was a show, I remember years ago, there was a show like either on TLC or A&E about uh, dumpster diving. And do you remember that show titled Extreme Cheap States or something like that? I only know of like when people do the extreme couponing. No, yeah, they, they, there's dumpster divers. And like she said, she found organic food that was not expired yet. But I want to say there's a reason it was thrown out. But, you know, typically there is no reason. Like I, I think about restaurants, how yeah. you can't because I've, I've never understood why we, they just don't give the food away. I understand like. Well, I worked at a, a Panera Bread while like like years ago before I moved out to here. That was one of my kind of my first jobs in. That was kind of the big thing where after everyone, after every night, no matter if we had tons of loaves of bread, pastries galore, yeah. all that food would all be thrown out. And some people would ask if we could take it, but it was a liability thing. Now, I know there are some organizations where I'm not sure if Panera is probably working to, you know, reshape that and work with organizations to actually kind of bag everything up and do it in a proper way. But, um, I mean, yeah, there's a liability it, there. Even with it being liability, like, it's one of those things. But I guess you're right, because if if someone has an allergic reaction to something they could sue the company mm-hmm. it's just so disgusting because there's so many people who need food but this is yeah. an interesting take like, she has tons of meat if you're but gonna I, if you're gonna dumpster dive you yeah. might as well do the whole food and she i mean that's true that is true and it's the you know the expensive food for i guess the low low or price what's the of one free. in west hollywood that everyone likes eritrean oh airwan airwan yeah <laughs> Yeah, Erwan. Yeah, you might as well to get the premium stuff. But it did look like she had some good stuff. But no, yeah. and she this... donates some of it too, which is great. Doesn't this make you question the next time you go over someone's house and they offer you food? Oh, that's why you can't eat at everybody's <laughs> house. That is your. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm gonna say that's your tea report that you were at the I, top I knew, of the show. I knew I was gonna let you get away with it. No, too. why would you do that? Why would you just sit me out there, just out here, just <laughs> you know? All right. Anyway, top of the hour news is coming up. We have headlines. You don't want to miss it. More show coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, we got more show coming up. Top of the hour news. Um, real quick, though, Sharjah Sale is here filling in for Shira Lazar. Thanks so much for being here. Hello. Glad to be here with you, Ryan, on this dreary Monday in Los Angeles. Oh, dreary. It's true. Have you been outside? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it dreary. Well, it's just our winter. It? What would you call it? No, just our winter. It's, it's a dreary Monday. It's- <laughs> It's foggy. There's an overcast. It's ugly. It's cold. It's just winter. That's what winter in L.A. is. 
Right, winter is dreary. That's my adjective to describe really? it. Really? You, you just don't like winter? How would I, you describe winter in winter, LA? Here's the thing. I have to say just winter in general is one of my favorite holidays, well, favorite seasons. And I love being cold. The colder, the better, if I'm being honest. Like in my house right now, I have my windows open. I have a fan on. My, no. my house is probably about a good 48 degrees inside of it. I was dating an Armenian guy when I first moved here who had his windows open in the winter. And I just thought it was like, oh, because he's not black. <laughs> no, my mom, she, <laughs> my mom said something. I thought it was one of those She things. reminded me, even when it would snow back at home in Nashville, I would have, like, we would have, like, maybe, like, six feet of snow, and my, my window would be open. She would be so upset with me. I would be, too. She would be like, why do you have your window well, that, open that's why upstairs you, while I got the heat on? That's and why then, you're always so verklempt. You probably got a, year, a head cold year-round. <laughs> I just love it. I love being cold. I'd rather be cold than be hot, ever. Well, of course, with cold, you can add more layers. When yeah. you get too hot, there's only so much you can take off before you want to jump it's out true. of your skin. It's true. It's true. So for me, I will never complain. Like, it's so annoying to me when people complain about the wet, like, when we get winter weather here. Because I'm like, it's the best time. Because be- then Ryan, you're going to be wanting to, like, hurry people, out of it when we're, it's like 90 degrees here. People complain because they move here for sun 70 degrees year-round yeah. in palm trees. That's why they complain. It's just not going to happen. But let's get into our headlines. Of course, we have T-Report coming up next, so let's get into it. So at least 20 million adults in the United States identify as LGBTQ, according to a recent report from the Human Rights Campaign Foundation. HRC reported that uh, 8% of respondents to the U.S. um, Census Bureau household poll survey said they identified as LGBTQ with an additional 2% saying their sexual orientation is something other than gay, lesbian, bisexual, or straight. And uh, the more the better, honestly. I can't tell if that was a producer... That was a producer. I knew that. I I know I wanted to producer Vanessa know. The more, the better. The more, the better. It's true. It's very, very true. I mean, listen, I'm glad that people are feeling more comfortable in living their truth. Life is too short to be anything other than who you are. I'll say that. That part. Um, up next, in part one of this week's Sunday sit-down, former Secretary of State and Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton sits, uh, sat down with Sunday uh, today's Willie Geist to share the life lessons she learned and setbacks she overcame with her loss in 2016. I can't believe she's still talking about that. But here it is. They keep asking. When you're a woman in public life, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. I mean, if you show emotion that may connect with some people, but for a lot of people, it's like, told you, you know, a woman shouldn't have these jobs, you know, they're too emotional. It's really hard because you want to convey the emotion you feel because it does connect you with many people, but it can be so mercilessly received by the press and the public. You know, I, I know they keep asking her this question about this, but honestly, I would love for her to find out a, 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 another way of like maybe I don't know saying something about Kamala or like bringing it to like a different level of conver- conversation kind of shifting yeah because right now it, it feels like it's the same thing constantly from her doing her master class where she was kind of mm-hmm. crying over that and then um, this moment I just am like okay people are going to ask you about this regardless but how do you elevate it mm-hmm. to to kind of pass the torch or talk about well, something else that we need to talk shift? about well i mean in all honesty i don't know much about kamala harris in the white house well my thing is i, I knew think, more about her on the campaign trail but it doesn't help it, it well it doesn't hurt for her to you know say well at least we have you know someone right, in there right, right now who just broke boundaries and right. and 
We and honestly, she could mean. she could also call for President Biden to to have him uh, to have Kamala Harris do more. Yeah, because right now it just seems like she's in the background, which is like a lot of first uh, vice presidents. But still, it's still annoying that she. I had, mean, I heard that position. they told her to calm down, but I don't know how v- valid Ooh. that is. That's what I heard on the streets. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's been going through a lot. But that is your top of the hour headlines right now. Let's head over to the T Report. What's happening in the entertainment world? Oh my goodness. Well, we went from a hot girl summer to a college girl fall. Ooh, Hashtag, wow. if you did not notice yesterday, hot girl graduation was trending because Megan Pete of Houston, Texas, earned her Bachelor of Science in Health Administration from the one and only TSU, not Tennessee State University, but Texas State University. And for those who don't know who Megan Pete is, that is one of our favorite rappers, Megan the Stallion. Alongside hot girl graduate trending, Megan the Graduate was trending as well. I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but Megan the Stallion lost her grandparents. She lost both parents. She lost her mm-hmm. father, her mother. And this was something that was very, very important for her to do, for, for her to accomplish. She's better than me because I got to tell you, as soon as my first song would have hit 20 streams, I would have been like, school, what? Yeah, I mean, honestly. But she wanted to finish this through, finished. and she has a lot of great things planned with her degree. So I'm happy that she has access to the resources. And now she'll have the education to support whatever she wants to do moving forward. I'd venture to say she's a pop enough musician where she should be good but when you look at things in the real world all good things do come to an end so there might come a time when Megan the Stallion isn't as hot as she is today and it's like then what will you do mm, operate off residuals but yeah. I can't imagine her being a nurse or anything I mean I think I can imagine her having doing you know stepping into her entrepreneur bag and having some form of healthcare type of job because I mean honestly she would totally do it um but also She's so popular. She ain't going nowhere. She's gonna be. No, she's, she's gonna be not. fine forever. And this this seems just like it was like not for like a backup plan. This was just a personal something personal I that she it, wanted to do. And I wanted to continue yes. to do it. Yeah, yes. and I love that. I love that for her. Uh, head over to the t uh, to our website at wearechannelq.com at LGT Show Everywhere, of course, for more T reports, darling. Um, but up next, we're gonna talk about grieving around the holidays. Yes, it's a sad conversation, but it's a necessary one because what do grieving people really want during this year around the holidays? We're going to get into it up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Now, the holidays can be very difficult for a lot of people, especially during a time where we are in the middle of a pandemic. A tornado just struck a lot of places in this country. People's lives were lost. Grieving is something we have to talk about that is a, a, a part of the holiday season, unfortunately, right? Yeah. And um, I, I think it can be difficult on how you can handle it. And also, what do grieving people actually want this holiday season? And joining us for this uh, conversation is Barbara Legere, who actually is a mother who lost her only child to suicide and, and co-author of The Epiphanies Project, a 20 Personal Revelations, and then also has a book coming up called Dying to be Free. We are very, very excited to be chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So let's dive into this because I think, what what do you think are some misconceptions about grief around the holidays that people just don't really get? Well, I think some misconceptions all year long are that um, you should avoid talking about the person because, you know, for example, people don't want to talk about my son because they might upset me, but not realizing that's on my mind 24-7. And when they talk about him, it's like saying, I care, I know you're mourning and grieving, and I miss him too. So 
at the holiday season when everyone is gathered around that table or just, you know, at a party or wherever, it, for me personally, it helps a lot if someone will bring, bring the person up and acknowledge that you're grieving instead of ignoring it, because that can really hurt. It's like the, your person has been forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I've spoken, you know, I, I'm in a group with hundreds of other mothers, and we all feel that way. So it's not just me. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely uh, think that people should be given the space to acknowledge that. And I know that this is such a nuanced conversation because we're talking, for example, in aspects, uh, in the aspect of like losing someone to like someone losing their life. But there's also grief. People are divorcing and breaking up. Grief and, comes in different shapes. Yeah, it's yeah. grief in, oh, di- in different forms. Is there anything, because I know I'm typically someone who asks people like, is there anything I can do to support them? Like I really try to support because I've experienced grief. I lost one of my best friends last year. Um, is there anything that people should avoid saying this holiday season? Because a lot of us think we're being helpful, but some some of us might be missing the mark in these conversations. So are there any things people should avoid well, saying? I, I actually did a blog post on that. And some it, it depends on the stage that you are in grief. If it's really early on and you're in that. I mean, for example, my son's been gone. This will be my second Christmas. Last year, I just ignored the holidays all year long. I didn't want to be around people. I couldn't handle it. But now, um, I'm at a point where I do. And last year, I wouldn't have wanted someone to say, what can I do for you? I I Mm. would want someone to say, can I do this for you? Can I walk your dog? Can I bring you groceries? Can I give you, or just do something, like give them a gift card. Or something. Oh, like that instead will help of asking. Their, so, like instead of yeah, asking, like such such an open ended question. Acts of service. Yeah, in, like a very yeah. Pointed. In the beginning, you're so you don't know what you need, and and it's hard to ask someone sometimes, you know, depending on your personality. So yeah, offering something. Um, that really, I think that helps. It it most definitely would help. I I would imagine because yeah, it's it's actually doing something that if they can't get it done because they are grieving and sometimes when you're grieving you just need to sit in it and and, and feel the feelings you're doing and some yeah. things can just be like left to the wayside of things that actually need to get done so i can imagine acts of service is something there i i guess for me though sometimes when around grief um and i i lost my dad earlier this year and i think grief is so interesting and, and one thing that i've learned because it was also my first a death that I had ever experienced in my life. Mm. And it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm going to set a time limit of when I'm going <laughs> to actually give myself time to grieve. But then I find myself at random moments at any time period, at any hour, just having a, a glimpse of that moment. And I try to sometimes suppress it because I'm like, I don't have time to sit in that. But what what would your advice be to someone who actually does that same thing and is listening to this right now, especially while going to the like going through the holidays and may not be able to be around family? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I I don't think grief has a time limit. I think it, it never really ends. Um, it gets easier as time goes on. Um, but now I forgot my – I lost my train of thought. Okay, yeah, you're good. <sighs> what were we talking about? No, See, this is another part of grief, it, and it's proven yeah. to be yeah. real. That you, they call it grief brain, 
And it's when your memory and your train of thought just isn't as sharp as it used to be. And I'm experiencing that. But um, I I think grief is unique for everybody. And I don't think we should suppress it or set a time limit because it's going to come back. And I lost my father in 1975. And there are days when I miss him so much, even though it's been so many years. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I I think that it's just a unique experience. And for some reason, our society has a hard time with death and grief. And we don't know what to say. It makes people uncomfortable. And I hope that that begins to change. Um, I'm not sure how. Um, I'm hoping my book can help a little bit with that, but it's really something that happens to do everyone you, at some point. Do you have any tips, because we're, we're almost out of time, do you have any tips on, on what I call unprovoked memories, right? Like you're just minding your business. Like you said, grief comes in waves. It can come when you least expect it. It's something that you learn to live with or grow around. But what happens when those, you're just trying to mind your business and go about your day, and then you have like these unprovoked, I don't want to call them triggers, but there's things that remind you of maybe, right. maybe because some of us are grieving even unpleasant times. Not like not all people that we're grieving are, were necessarily quote unquote good Air Uh-oh. quote. That's so, it. so do you have yeah. any tips on how to deal with with like those unprovoked memories that just might pop up throughout the day when you see something, a billboard, hear a song, smell a scent, and how to oh, kind of deal yeah. with that? Uh, that happens every single day, and music and scents are really a big one. Um, personally, I just go with it. I've I've walked through my grocery store crying because. I saw something that I used to buy every week and now I don't need to ever buy it again. Mm. Little things like that. But I just, I just think that we need to feel our feelings instead of suppress them. If you're out in public, it's a little difficult, but yeah, I I just really believe firmly that we need to feel what we feel and not be afraid of grief. I mean, it hurts really bad, but it's not going to kill us and we can get through it. We really can. I just have to say thank you so much for joining us, and I really appreciate you for always sharing your story and really being here for this conversation. I um, I just thank you. Thank you so much for that. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. All right, everyone, please go get her book. Her name is Barbara Legger, and uh, she is a co-author of The Epiphanies Project and has a, a book coming up called Dying to be Free. Please, please check it out wherever you can get your books. And thank you once again for being there. And coming up next, we have more show, so don't y'all go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, Zendaya and Tom Highland, if you did not know, they are from, of course, Spider-Man's The New No Way Home movie, which is coming out this week. Very, very excited to see it. Um, They are dating as well. And, of course, everyone knows Zendaya. I feel like people know Tom Holland for Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, for sure, Um, at this point. But they're dating, and I think it's so funny because what's been coming up is how much Zendaya is noticeably taller than Tom Holland. Holland. And it's so hilarious. They think um, someone actually asked them about it and they talked about it here. Tom said it was a stupid assumption while Zendaya proved how common their height difference is. She said, this is normal too. My mom is taller than my dad. My mom's taller than everyone. Her mom is taller than um, really? her. I, so I actually used to work with, like I worked with Zendaya once when I was working in fashion and we did a cover. It was like a whole thing and I met her family. I'm, great. I'm associates with her cousin Oba. Shout out to Oba Crosswire. And so I've been... Oh, the- 
whole government name. I've met, uh, well, that's his stage name. Oh, okay. The, like, the Crosswire is his stage name. <laughs> uh, but I've met Zendaya and her father. I've never seen her mother, though. Yes, her mom is tall. Like, they are both, everyone is tall people. Okay, okay. And so they don't care about it. But, you know, of course, this bought up things for me because I think... You know, height differences do matter. I don't know. I don't care what nobody says. They do matter. Ryan, they matter to some people, not everybody. I don't agree with that. They matter to I you. I think they matter to a lot of people. No, they don't matter. That is not people's caveat like it is yours. Yes, of course. No, it's not. I'm sorry, Mr. Leo. Well, okay, so I have a question. <laughs> do you have a height pre- like preference? or? Uh... I, I do, but it's not make or break for me. I've dated men shorter than me. I do not care that much. I'm, it's not a deterrent. Like, oh, you're, you're significantly shorter? shorter than me. Um, two inches. I always say 5'7". I'm not going oh, below 5'7". Oh, so you five, have seven. a two-inch rule. I, I do. I do. Why won't you go below the two inches if it, it, it doesn't matter? Because I just... Huh? I think just as a bigger woman, I'm 5'9". Uh-huh. I just like my man to be like, if you're coming up below my breasts, that is a personal uh, thing for me, personally. But I'm I, a what, bigger the, man. The point I'm trying to make is, not unlike you, it is not a deal breaker for me. I, it's I, not I, I don't think I'm I've like, ever said it was a deal breaker. Oh, please, please. Lie, to somebody else, lie on somebody else's airwaves. Please. Lie, go play not with somebody drooling. else. Uh, no, go I don't think I've ever else. said it was a deal okay. breaker. I have no clue what she said. That's the biggest thing I've heard you harp on ever <laughs> since I've known you. It's how tall the potential mate is for, for Ryan Mitchell. I don't I don't think it's a deal breaker, but also I just I just don't know. I feel like I have always liked people who are like taller than me. Me too. Or up to like my like up to like, you know, the lowest to be my like my, my chin. Okay. And so that's so, like two inches for you as well, right? Or no? Yeah, yeah, that's about two inches for me. Or even one inch. Two mm-hmm. inches is a little much. Um, but like, I, I, I just don't know. There's just something about it in the sense of, and maybe it's because like, Oh, I hate I hate saying this, but maybe it's because like if you, we are out in public and there's just like a significant, like obviously like body detail, like where we just look like complete opposites or just look completely like, whoa, those people are just like completely different, two different people together. So you're concerned with what other people think. Not necessarily, but you know, I, I, think in the, I think in the t- what we do, is you have to kind of think about things like that. Is this what, what's holding you don't up think, your day? You don't think about, you don't think about what people like especially as people who are public figures right who are doing things you don't think you don't think about okay well i need someone who actually no. kind of is, i can is, honestly say looks, i'm more so fits con- into something no i can honestly say i'm more so concerned with what do your teeth look like do you have dirt under your nails okay so do you I, but isn't that things where if you if you were to go out in public as a, as someone who is going out with char jocelle well, they had to have these things it's not a public thing that's a personal choice but that also I, you would go to, out there in public with because them. i have to kiss that mouth those <laughs> those hands have to touch me okay that's a personal but they also thing. are going to be out with like out and about with you and you don't want them to have no hygiene problem or you don't want no. them to have and so that's, that's a part of but it but see that's a reflection on me if a man is shorter than me that's not a reflection on me yeah. if you are dirty and dusty out with me that is a reflection <laughs> on me and what i choose i don't think it's oh here's the thing I'm, I'm trying to change my mind about it not even change my mind i'm trying to be open about it i think i think it's okay to how, be open how tall about are you? it okay so without my these sneakers on right now i am literally 510 you're 510 i'm 5'9 you're 5'10 I just look at you as so much taller than me. Because I normally have on like platform kind of like shoes and it gives me an extra height. So it, t- it takes me like six one. Okay. Or like six feet. 
most. Okay. But really, when I take my shoes off, I drop. Okay. I don't know. Uh, let us know. I mean, does height really play a part into your ideal preferences when it comes to relationships? I know a lot of men don't like taller women. So, oh, you know, they see? like them petite. But we talked about this with the porn expert last That's week. That's true. All right, we got more show. What ties into that? <laughs> Y'all nasty. <laughs> we got more show coming up. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so let's talk holiday gifts. Have you gotten any gifts for anyone? Yeah. No. Specifically me? No. All right. Um, well, this uh, person in a relationship is writing in because they said, my girlfriend is mad at me over my gifting. Am I making a mistake? Here's the thing. So he said... I, I bought her some designer sandals in black for Christmas, his girlfriend. Okay. And then I bought my mom the same slides in pink for her birthday the following August. Now, the girlfriend is upset because she just feels like he doesn't really try. She's, he says, my girlfriend doesn't like this, but I don't see the big deal. If she would buy me and my her mom the same stuff, I wouldn't care. First of all, what would you, what would she buy an, that, app, an Apple Watch. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm thinking about. Like, clearly, it has to be, like, tech or something. An air fryer. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, here's the thing. I thought initially that this man, for one, you never, even when women love their mother-in-laws, you don't buy us the same gift. That's so weird. And then on top of that, I thought that they that he bought these designer slippers for both of the in different colors for both of them on Christmas. But I think she's doing a bit much. If what? Hers, if hers was a Christmas gift and he bought his mother the same pair in a different no. color the following August. No. What is the big deal? Because they're going the next time they do like a family vacation or they go out together, she go they're gonna be wearing those slides, the same slides at the same time. In different colors. That is a big deal. But aren't we all one big happy family? What's the big deal? My thing is why do you need to be matchy matchy? That I find people who do that is weird. Well, some people find it adorable. You might want to clear. He... You might want to clear your uh, timeline because the Christmas uh, couples pajamas is coming it's in. Gross. And it's, it's gross. It's about to be matchy and matchy. And I block it. I blocked. I already blocked the word pajamas. It's about to be matchy matchy on your timeline for the next is, two three weeks. It does. He's not trying hard enough. Why would he just get some sandals? Okay, now that is that's true. a little lazy. Well, she didn't seem to have the issue with the sandals being a gift. She seemed to have an issue with him buying the mother the same pair in a different color. So he could have gotten his mother something different, but he. And so, I think that what matters is that they were not both unboxing this on Christmas morning. There's an eight, nine month difference. I left this out. It says, when I buy my girlfriend, he said, when I buy my girlfriend gifts for special occasions, such as birthdays and holidays, my mom tends to say she likes the items. So I usually try <laughs> to buy the same items for my mom for Christmas or birthday. Like, he's just lazy. He's being a man. Or maybe mom is being uh, Viola Fields like, and Monster-in-Law. Shout I'm out like, to Jane Fonda. It's a, yes, great movie. I don't know. Is, that, is there something wrong with this? I feel like it is. I don't like it at all. I, he would have been broken up with immediately. What? That, um, however, <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's no reason to break up with someone. Yes, it is. He's being lazy, which means where else is he being lazy? That's no reason to break up with someone. Ooh, let us know at LGT Show everywhere because we need to know. We need to get this settled. If you agree with me, let me know if you agree, Char. Just, you know, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
It's time for my favorite part of the show. It's your yes, queen. Yes, queen. Uh-huh. And let's get into it. I said this earlier, but I can't say it enough. Channel Q won two Strut Awards last night for favorite business and digital media platform. If you're not familiar with the Strut Awards, it honors the Palm Springs business and entertainment communities. We really, really appreciate that. Honestly, I guess I'm kind of giving a yes, queen to myself. And typical Leo <laughs> fashion. <laughs> Typical Leo fashion. No, I can't help it, but when you win awards, <laughs> yeah, that's it's very exciting. And I know uh, DJ Alex D was nominated, so shout out to that nomination. Wow. She deserves, because she's an incredible DJ. She, Love DJ she Alex She'd be spinning D. out at Hunter's uh-huh. and all the other, the chill bar. And she just does really amazing things, and we're proud of to have her a part of this family. Our second guest queen, however, is uh, Miss Universe. Oh, my goodness. Miss Universe uh, Hernaz Sandu. She is the first Miss Indian winner in 21 years. Whoa. She's a Bollywood actress, and she was crowned Miss Universe 2022 on Sunday, snatching the title from some 80 competitors in the international pageant that defied politics and the pandemic. Um, now, she is only 21, and she says she was feeling, quote, overwhelmed because it's been 21 years since India got Miss Universe crowned and it's happening right now is what she said and honestly what a big deal that's huge and it feels serendipitous almost full circle that she's 21 and it's been 21 years since the last one right makes me think of dream girls why? Because the movie hit theaters on its 25th anniversary and Beyonce turned 25 that year. No one would ever know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just saying. It's a full circle moment. Oh, my God. Well, congratulations <laughs> to you, Miss Universe. That is your Yes Queen. And, Ani, that is a wrap on the show. If you missed anything, if you want to check out more from Let's Go There and the whole Let's Go There universe, head over to the Odyssey app where we have our podcast up there because, honey, everything you missed is right there. And, of course, on the show tomorrow, we are talking about so much more and probably really dive in on and how the California plans to copy this Texas abortion plan for gun control. We're going to we're going to talk dive in a little bit deeper on that. Um, And of course, love lines right after this. And Dr. Chris is talking about the do's and don'ts of relationships. And so, yeah, that's it for me. Thank you, Charge Yourself, for being here. Thanks for having me. And honey, remember to slay. Bye, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.